This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together. Together. Welcome to the Try Out Podcast, everyone. Okay, so a few podcasts ago, we started the show with a quick message from the Try Out team focused on the coronavirus outbreak and its impact on all of our race schedules. And in that opening, I promised that beyond those few minutes, we wouldn't spend any time talking about the coronavirus outbreak on the podcast. At that time, we were aware that everyone was already hearing about it from pretty much every corner of the news. Uh, so we really wanted to keep ourselves a corona-free source of entertainment. And in the regularly scheduled Monday episodes, we're going to hold to that. But we all know by now that everyone's training is being impacted by COVID-19. And we are starting to see a lot of great questions from athletes about how to navigate this strange and unprecedented time. So consider today an extra special bonus episode of sorts, where we address all of your questions about how to adjust our training based on what is happening right now in the world around us. So let's get it going. First up, joining me today is Coach John Mayfield, a successful Ironman athlete himself. John leads TriDot's Athlete Services, Ambassador, and Coaching Programs. He has coached hundreds of athletes ranging from first-timers to Kona qualifiers and professional triathletes. John has been using TriDot since 2010 and coaching with TriDot since 2012. John, how's it going today? It's, it's interesting. Uh, in some unprecedented times here with some uh, issues that we've not had to face in the past, but we're going to do our best to provide some good information and some good feedback to the athletes. Yes, that is the goal. And also helping us do that is professional triathlete and coach Elizabeth James. Elizabeth came up to, through the sport from a soccer background and quickly rose through the triathlon ranks using TriDot, from a beginner to top age grouper to a professional triathlete. She is a Kona and Boston Marathon qualifier who has coached triathletes with TriDot since 2014. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Andrew. Um, kind of as John mentioned, you know, while it's always an honor and really a humbling privilege and opportunity to share information on these podcasts, um, we certainly wish it were under different circumstances that we were recording today. But I do hope that today's episode can provide maybe some reassurance and guidance for the triathlon community. And last but not least is TriDoc coach Jeff Rains. Jeff has a master's of science in exercise physiology and was a successful D1 collegiate runner. He's qualified for the Boston Marathon multiple times and has raced over 120 triathlons from competitive sprints to full-distance Ironmans. Jeff has been coaching runners and triathletes since 2009. Jeff Rains, any uh, coronavirus-related puns to lay on us before we get uh, to the warm-up today? You know, as, as, as much as I like to start these podcasts off with a bang and um, some some little bit of fun wittiness, um, you know, out of respect to those uh, affected and uh, suffering out there, you know, we want to keep this podcast light and entertaining, um, but um, I'm going to, to, to lay off those this time. Um, I will say that um, lots of athletes are you know, uh, being challenged out there. Um, a coach's job is not always to challenge our athletes, but for our athletes, uh, in, in even circumstances to challenge us, 
challenge us as coaches. Um, so um, this podcast is a great opportunity uh, for us to use all of the arrows in our quivers and uh, really give back uh, to the community who, who is being affected severely right now. Well said, Jeff. Well said. Thanks so much for that. Well, I'm Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and captain of the middle of the pack. We'll get going today with a warm-up question and then get into the main set conversation, talking through all the training and racing implications of COVID-19. For our cool down, we'll share 10 real-life athlete responses to our question. Where were you when you found out your race was canceled or postponed due to the virus? All right, let's get to it. Time to warm up. Let's get moving. All right, guys, with the episode centering around the impact COVID-19 is having on all of our lives, uh, I'm just going to lean real hard into coronavirus-related content and start us off with a virus life-related question. Whether we've been quarantined or just practicing social distancing, or still moving around, uh, but on high alert, all of our lives have been affected in some way by this worldwide pandemic. So for today's warm-up question, in what way has your normal day-to-day rhythm been most impacted by the virus? Jeff Rains, I'm going to start with you. Well, I will say uh, having a three-year-old and a one-year-old around the house uh, 24-7 now uh, has definitely been uh, unique. It's funny in that you you see uh, there's a video floating around uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube of these like really kind of high end uh, government officials at home and they're in wearing suits at their desk and uh, you think they're in the White House or something and then all of a sudden uh, a kid busts into the door screaming, uh, a baby running in a diaper. Is that you, Jeff? Is that what you're experiencing? Oh my gosh, that's happened numerous times in just the past week or two. Um, I'll be on an athlete call or even our our, our daily huddle uh, staff morning calls and. Uh, you know, poopy diaper here and, and kid crying here. Uh, so um, it's definitely uh, unique um, in that aspect, uh, working f- from home. Yep. No, I can only imagine. And that is not a problem that Elizabeth or I have. So Elizabeth, what is your biggest uh, kind of change to your rhythm uh, since there's no poopy diapers involved in your day? Right. Yes. Um, you know, I'd, I almost hate to say this as I know that so many people have been impacted in large ways. Uh, but the biggest impact for me, which again is so small by comparison, is the unavailability of my gym. Um, so I've been going to the same gym almost daily since moving to Texas five years ago. So the gym is not only where I get my daily workouts in and kind of meet my friends for both training and some social Shout time. Shout out to Lifetime Fitness, yes. the official oh, gym of uh, Elizabeth James. <laughs> um, but it's also like where I get my massages and my haircut. I'll, I'll grab some food from the cafe, do some of my work hours from the computer there. Um, so it, it's, you know, with the... My husband and I, we we joke that the gym is kind of my second home. So with that shut down, now I just have my uh, first home for training and work. It's too bad. It's too bad. I don't know how you're going to survive. I don't know how you're going to cope with I know, that. I, I will say <laughs> Lifetime, uh, I'm not a member of Lifetime Fitness. There's not one near uh, my house in particular. Uh, but the couple of times that I've, I've been to one with Elizabeth and Jeff and John, um, their cafe has, what what is it, the, the smoothie I get, the mocha, midnight mocha? 
Oh, the Mocha Madness. Yeah, the Mocha Madness. Oh, dear Lord, y'all. If you're ever by Lifetime <laughs> Fitness, try the Mocha Madness smoothie. I'm getting off topic already, but it is so tasty. So, uh, Elizabeth, is Charles your uh, barista, your hairdresser, he makes and your, your Mocha Madness now? Now, that <laughs> <laughs> now he, he does make the smoothies for me. I actually had one this morning. Yes, right <laughs> off the bike trainer. Here you go. <laughs> yes. John Mayfield, how is your day being impacted the most by COVID-19? So on a day-to-day basis, it's actually not that different. Um, I work from home, and um, I, I don't get out a whole lot. I don't have a fancy gym where I get my haircut to, to go to. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's it's not that big of a difference. The, the biggest thing is um, my kids being home. So mine, uh, similar to, to what Jeff said, but, but I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have junior high and high school age kids. So uh, fortunately mine are not running into the office with uh, dirty diapers, but um, I, my desk is against my daughter's bedroom wall and she's uh, big into Broadway. Um, so there are times where I have to, to bang on the wall. That sounds and, like a fun uh, combination. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of same thing, phone calls and just trying to get work done kind of a thing. Got a bang she on the wall. raging to the Hamilton soundtrack while you're trying to get work done? Yeah, all those. So uh, it's that's kind of the, the main challenge is, is letting my daughter uh, pass the time and, and enjoy uh, her stuff, but getting work done uh, at the meantime. Now, now that she is home, um, you shared a story with us, John, about how she walked in on you doing something quite interesting uh, at your home. <laughs> I need to explain can, now. Can you can you please uh, tell us the story behind that comment? <laughs> yeah, because, email uh, support. <laughs> th- 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 this is this is worth sharing. Yeah. So uh, something we're going to discuss at, at length here, even in this podcast, is um, we've um, been developing resources for, for the tubing exercises and different, different things that we can do, uh, provide the athletes with resources for things like, like tubing, uh, to work on their swim and and dry land exercises. And I, it's, it's one of those things like where, um, for me, in order to kind of answer questions and think through it, I need to do it. And you were Uh, on the phone with me and we were talking through the best way to explain swim tube exercises to our athletes. Yeah, so um, I, I need to do them. I need to do those movements in order to describe them and even think about it and think through it. Say, yeah, the, the hand should be here, the elbow should be there kind of a thing. Um, so, yeah, I was like bent over in a horizontal position with my hands out in front and I'm doing like like I'm doing now, uh, just even to, to describe it. And, and my uh, 15-year-old daughter uh, walks into the room and just laughed at me um, as she should have. It was completely fair. It was completely reasonable. Uh, she had absolutely no idea what on earth I was doing, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was kind of embarrassing. So I shared that with the team. I, I shared in confidence. I didn't know it was going to end up on a podcast, but uh, here we are. So here, we, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. It's uh, definitely it was even even I laughed at myself with with that one. Yeah, the the big changes for me. Um, you know, my my wife is an accountant um, for for a big four accounting firm, and so she is now home because uh, they they are allowing their employees to work remotely. Um, to, to help mitigate the spread of the virus. And so she's working from home for the foreseeable future. And uh, we're actually working on um, selling our house and buying a new house in this season of our lives, coincidentally. And so we just put a bunch of our stuff in storage so that our house looks you know, really nice and open and staged. And one of the things that we put away in a storage unit was her desk in our house. And so in our house right now, both of us are side by side on my desk. And so she has her laptop and monitor up and I have my you know, iMac up and, and we're both working on things side side by side. So that's been an adjustment. Um, she has a lot of phone calls throughout the day with 
talking to the team she works with. I have a lot of phone calls with you guys during the day talking about things we're working on. And so the two of us trying to coordinate our, our work phone call schedule around each other has been really uh, interesting. But, but past that, the other adjustment for me, I am notorious in my household for how many paper products I go through. Um, and, and it's not, it's not necessary. It, it's just like when I sit down to eat a meal, I'm really funny. I'm really particular about not getting my hands messy and, you know, not getting salad dressing on my face or barbecue sauce on my fingers. And I, I will go through an absurd amount of napkins and paper towels, uh, um, just, just to keep my hands clean and, and face clean. So the biggest life adjustment for me, besides my wife being home is, having to be mindful of the paper products because they're hard to come by right now and you want to make them last as long as possible. So it's doing anything we can around the house to use one paper towel sheet at a time and not eight during a meal and to uh, slow down the use of uh, toilet paper and napkins and whatnot. So that's been the big adjustment for Have me, Have you guys. started to ration the Cheez-Its yet? <laughs> you know what? Um, we, surprisingly, John, because of how delicious they are, but surprisingly, people are not panic buying Cheez-Its. It's weird. It's weird, right? <laughs> that I, I expect that to be the first thing to go because of how tasty they are. But I have been able to get Cheez-Its every time we've gone to the grocery store. Now, we're, we're trying to go to the grocery store less, right, just to limit exposure in, in, in public places. Uh, so I have been buying a few extra boxes when we go uh, at, at a time. But you're not hoarding any more than you already would normally. <laughs> but I'm not hoarding any more. There's, there's no one out there lacking Cheez-Its because of how many Andrew Harley is buying. So we're, we're all good there. On to the main set. Going in three, two, one. So when the coronavirus first became a major player on the worldwide health scene, we had no intentions of releasing an entire podcast episode dedicated to the effects it would have on triathletes. But as more and more races were postponed, pools became closed, and athletes faced quarantines, we quickly realized that triathletes would now be facing new training challenges that we had never seen before. So, so we threw it out to you guys. What were the questions that you had? What were the challenges you were facing in regards to triathloning during this time? And well, we have coaches John, Jeff, and Elizabeth all here ready to help answer the questions that you asked. So we do not pretend, I want to say this, we do not pretend to be health experts, experts on the virus itself, experts on, on we're not here trying to predict how long this is going to go and what's going to happen on the worldwide health scene. We're here specifically to talk about how we can try to swim, bike, and run uh, and, and train for that during this time. So no shocker here, guys. The number one thing that athletes asked about was swim training. So let's dive into a few of the swim questions that athletes had. Uh, I'm going to start with this. Michelle uh, asked, no access to pool or open water swim. How should I approach or substitute for swim training? Uh, Sarah, one of our athletes from Europe, um, she had a similar question and put it this way. What can we do instead of swimming so that missing sessions won't have such a big effect? So tubing, as I mentioned, is going to be the easiest and most effective thing um, that we can do while we're away from, from our pool. So um, that's something we've been, we've been working on uh, really since the, the pool started to close was providing information and resources to the athletes that they can um, integrate this into their training. Um, and it, it's pretty simple. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of time, but it can be can be highly effective. So, um, 
these their resistance band type tubes and what we're able to do is largely mimic the swim stroke um, through these exercises and the great thing is, is it, it really allows us to isolate each uh, portion of the stroke and really reinforces proper form um, so we're, we're confident that athletes can actually come back to the pool stronger faster swimmers because of the work that they've done in these in these weeks off um, it's an opportunity both to reinforce proper form, to build muscle memory, and to build strength in those uh, swim-specific muscles. And, and these um, resistance tubes do a great job of, of each one of those. So um, I'll say the most important thing is to do them right. Um, I would even suggest starting without resistance bands. Just start in front of the mirror and uh, take advantage of these resources we're, we're sending out um, videos we're posting to our social media, uh, both videos are showing how to do it and then sets of what to do. Um, but start without resistance bands and, and don't progress until you get each movement right. And that's, that's even true uh, once you add the bands in. So um, there's going to be several things that are highlighted within those videos, um, certain aspects that we want to really reinforce. And those are going to ensure that these um, are productive and are going to reinforce proper swim stroke. They're going to build the strength and they're going to reduce um, the risk of, of injury. Because, again, we do these things wrong. Uh, they're going to be counterproductive. They're going to reinforce bad behavior and they're going to increase um, risk of injury. But when done right, when followed um, the examples that we, we set in the videos, they're going to be, be highly effective. So, um, again, I'm, I'm confident that athletes can actually return to the pool uh, faster, stronger swimmers than, than the, when we started the break. And, you know, let me offer a little reassurance here and say that for the majority of triathletes, taking some time out of the water, you, you are absolutely going to be okay. Um, as John said, you may even return to the pool as a stronger swimmer. Uh, now, if you're brand new to swimming and you won't have the opportunity to do any swim training at all before your first triathlon event, then yeah, you know, it might be important to restructure your season so that you can confidently compete in the swim portion of, of an event, um, you know, later on in the year. But if you've been swimming for a while, um, you know, the, the unavailability of the swimming facilities is likely going to take more of a mental toll than an actual physical toll on your preparations. Uh, kind of keep this in mind. There have been many athletes that have experienced injuries that have kept them from swimming for an extended period of time. And they were able to regain their swim fitness when they were able to resume that training in the water. Uh, I mean, just last summer for me, I, I had to take some extended time off of full swim training when, when I broke my hand. Uh, other athletes have taken years away from... When, when you broke your hand winning the female <laughs> overall at Ironman, or at, uh, at Tri-Waco in Waco, Texas, correct? Yes. Let's, let's not skim over that fact. <laughs> you broke your hand mid-race and won the race. So continue. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, you guys don't brag on yourselves, so I will. Gosh, no, yeah. I got to think of where I was. I'm embarrassed a little bit here. But uh, I guess uh, where I was going with that is that, you know, other athletes have also taken years away from the sport itself 
And then they've been surprised at how quickly they've kind of just been able to pick that back up in regards to their swim training. So again, you know, it, it's going to be okay. And as John mentioned, you know, for the time that you're out of the water, there, there are some options to engage those muscles that are utilized in the swim stroke and to help retain some of that muscle, muscle memory um, that will reinforce the proper technique. Yeah. And, and just as he was saying, you know, these are great to implement, but please, 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 I want to I stress, be careful. Um, just over the past week or so, I have seen a lot of videos on social media with terrible form and suggestions of these tubing sets that are much, not, much, not much all, too long. Not all dry land workouts are created equal right. and, and created yes. with, uh, with proper form in mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I urge you to take a look at the resources that Trotout has provided, um, you know, buy the proper equipment, take time to learn the movements and, you know, never do more repetitions than you can do with proper form because the last thing you want to do is create an injury that's going to keep you out of the pool even longer. Yeah, and I, I just want to piggyback on, I just said, try out media producer. You know, we have one video out now where we kind of touch on and introduce um, the, the, the tubing exercises and how to do it. Um, and that was with some video footage that was shot a little, a little ways back. Um, that, that was, we wanted to introduce it to our athletes as quickly as possible because everybody's facing pool closures, but there will be some resources in the coming weeks, um, coming months even where, you know, we have you guys as our expert coaches kind of really, uh, with some, some updated camera footage with some different angles with really breaking down, uh, on, on camera, uh, the proper technique. So guys be, be on the lookout for more stuff coming from TriDot in regards to, swim tube workouts, uh, since we do believe in it so much. So, um, so, so let's move on to, um, this is Claudia. Um, and this is getting into, you know, the, the, the tubing is great. We believe in the tubing, but, but other athletes are asking about strength training, uh, for, for, to kind of help those swim muscles stay active. So Claudia says, uh, what, what is the best strength training for swimming, especially since there are no pools available? Uh, Jeff from the United Kingdom said, I think strength training sessions that focus on the swim muscle groups might be a good replacement. Is, is that kind of true that if we know the muscle groups that are, that are helping us and are swimming the most, uh, that if we're exercising those, uh, in our home gyms, uh, with some body weight kind of stuff, is that also going to be helpful in addition to the tubing exercises? Well, hopefully, um, as a triathlete, you are already incorporating some strength training into your weekly training routine. Um, if not, I'm going to give a shameless plug right now for another one of our podcast episodes that John and I did on strength training. Um, we even talk about ways to do strength training from home and kind of some swim specific things there. Um, but I, I know that, you know, just earlier today, uh, Reigns and I were talking quite a bit about, you know, other things that, that swimmers can do outside of the water. Yeah. I mean, being intentional in the tubing exercises, yes, it's an exercise. It's a replacement for the swim, but you can even look at it in three modalities. Let's say, um, you can use these tubing exercises, um, as strength, sessions uh, to enhance your swim, mobility sessions to enhance your swim, and flexibility sessions to enhance your swim. So we get this a lot. I might have an hour, hour 15 normally prescribed swim workout. Well, do I sit there and do bands for an hour and 15 minutes? Um, so, um, 
I would say that if you are past the stage that John was referring to earlier, you 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 have done these uh, kind of free motion without resistance. Um, you're being intentional. You're learning the movements correctly. Uh, once you start to add kind of like a moderate or um, you know more intensive or or resistance tubing band, um, the the colors of most brands of of tubing. Um, they mean something. They're, they're, they're a different resistance. So if you're using, like, let's say a moderate or, or kind of a higher um, resistance band, I would kind of follow the 20-20-20 rule that, um, Ooh, I like that. That, that we have all kind of established here as a TriDot team. So do uh, you can do up to 60 minutes of kind of, quote, tubing in replacement of your swim, uh, but use 20 minutes to focus on the strength aspect. Because we all know if you have a really high resistance band and you, you know, are, are not being super, you know, intentional and you're just kind of busting it out hard and, and not thinking about things, you can get through a tubing workout in a matter of minutes and your, your upper body uh, is, is trashed, let's say. But um, if you're doing it right um, and spending about 20 minutes on the strength aspect, um, that would probably be equivalent as an hour swim. But you can take it a step further and spend another uh, 20 minutes just focusing on mobility. You don't have to have resistance there. So, so a really good strategy then is is to, on that day, so for me, it's Monday and Friday. On Monday and Friday, my TriDot training program, it, it's got 60-minute pool swim uh, almost every single Monday and Friday. Um, and so when that comes around, in, in, instead of taking 60 minutes and just tubing, because we, we were just, actually, before we recorded this, we were... Uh, um, here together and we, we had our a couple of our tubes out and we were kind of practicing some of the exercises ourselves right and that stuff torches you right like we were all just just working on our form uh, and really honing it in uh, and since we're all together we can look at each other oh you, your shoulders should be like this and you, you guys more helping me honestly than, than I was helping anybody else out but really working with my making sure my form was right while I was tubing and that's that stuff will wear you out so when that 60 minute swim comes on your training program you're, you're saying the approach needs to be, okay, take take 20 minutes to do an actual kind of tubing exercise where for 20 minutes you're focused on your form, you're working on the catch, you're working on the finish, you're, you're working on the things that, that we talk about in the swim tube training videos, but then 20 minutes is allotted to just strengthening those swim muscles and then 20 minutes is allotted to uh, uh, working on kind of some shoulder mo- mobility, foam roll stretch kind of kind of stuff. Is that kind of the approach we're going for? Absolutely. And I would even take it to a whole other level. If you feel uncomfortable completing, you know, on your training plan, an hour, hour 15 swim workout in a 20 minute tubing in your garage, you know, workout, and you are not super internally fulfilled uh, in that you completed your plan perfect, um, spend that 40 minutes, yes, uh, mobility, flexibility aspects, but you could even um, incorporate yoga, visual visualization techniques, um, all sorts of these aspects of the sport that we tend to neglect or forget about. Well, now a lot of us have time to, to allocate to these more unique aspects to, to our training and, and even throw a curveball to ourselves, challenge ourselves in a new way, do something that's outside of your comfort zone, outside of your normal box, and that way you have challenged yourself in a new way so that you can come out of this a better athlete, but also you can feel more comfortable completing these, quote, swim sessions by not actually swimming. Uh, I also want to give a quick plug while we're talking about strength training to uh, Tried Out Podcast episode 19, 
where I had uh, two, two, two coaches you guys may have heard of, uh, John Mayfield and Elizabeth James, on with me, and we talked about strength training specifically. And uh, in that episode, we covered, um, hey, if you're in the gym, if you've got some hand weights, if you're looking to do some strength training, uh, what are the muscle, like we specifically talked about, what are the muscle groups you need to be working to uh, strengthen your, your swim muscles? So uh, if you're like Claudia and Jeff and you're wondering about that, you're wondering about how to capitalize on some of the extra time you have by doing uh, some strength stuff that's going to benefit your swim, go back and listen to episode 19. Um, so Darcy from Des Moines um, asked a really, really good question that I think uh, some people are going to benefit from. Uh how many weeks of swimming can I miss, especially as a newbie, before I should consider withdrawing from my half Ironman? Now, there's going to be people like Darcy who that race is still on the calendar, and uh, maybe the COVID nineteen outbreak kind of kind of uh, works itself out, and these fall races, these late summer races, actually get to happen. Uh, but but if you're somebody who's a newer swimmer or um, a a a weaker swimmer, a, a less confident swimmer. And, and let's say COVID-19 clears up, you know, a month or so, two weeks out, two months out, and, and you only have that long to kind of get back in the pool before your event, uh, at what point should an athlete consider maybe withdrawing and, and, and feeling like, oh, maybe I'm not quite ready for this swim? It's really going to depend on the individual athlete. Um, the longer an athlete has been swimming, the more time they're going to be able to take away from the pool. Um, Case in point, when we did our, our swim session with Brendan Hansen, what, it had been like nine months since he'd swam a lap. He had and, not swam uh, in nine months, and we raced him in the pool, and he blew Jeff Rains and I, me in particular, out of the water. And he was probably a second off his PR, just because... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I think he barely touched me off the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a kind of an extreme example that um, the longer you've been swimming, the, the less impact it's going to have. It's kind of like... Uh, anything else the, the the more time you've been running the more time you can take off from running and you're right back at it um that said you know we've we've already discussed ways to to mitigate this um and help offset the effects of of the time away but my my gut says that um there's so much that goes into these races that unfortunately they're going to have to be canceled well before um the race date so i I'm, i suspect that the pools will reopen uh, well in advance of these events starting to take place again. We're already seeing events uh, two to three months out canceled. And uh, that, unfortunately, I think that trend is going to continue until we see things improve. And as soon as we th- see things improve and, and as soon as things somewhat regulate, we're going to see the pools reopen. So um, I would suspect that we're going to have have several weeks, if not several months, of access to the pools prior to the resuming of, of the race schedule. So that should be plenty of time to uh, get back at it. And, and that's one of those things that, that there's, for me, there's something about swimming. Um, I take some time off and it, it always takes a session or two to get back, but it comes back real quick. That first session is real awkward. I don't have a great feel for the water. I, the stroke feels a little off, but by the second or third session, um, it's, it's right back to, to where it was. My, my first swim assessment off of a long break is always like, oh, man, I've forgotten everything. And then one month later, I'm always just about right back where I was. Yeah, I, t- I totally get that. So I'm confident that um, even, even with the unfortunate rescheduling and cancellation of races, there's going to be opportunity to get back in the pool prior to um, the races resuming. 
Great. Uh, Line, one of our athletes from Denmark, um, she said this, can you comment on the pros and cons of manually completing sessions you actually haven't completed due to closed pools? Or does this mess up the accuracy of our data? It's not going to be significantly different as, as far as the data that, that is provided back to, to try okay. to, again. When, when we manually submit or manually complete a session, the, the main thing we're getting there is, is the amount of volume that you're doing. And that's, that's particularly pertinent, um, in, in planning future sessions and then, um, how, uh, the, the duration of future sessions, especially as you're increasing in volume. So, um, you know, we're, we're in this for the foreseeable future. We're several weeks into this. Um, so these sessions aren't going to be changing, um, a lot. So, uh, whether I, I would say it's really down to the individual, if you really like seeing, um, those boxes change color, then, yeah. then go ahead and mark it, uh, completed. If, if you're uh, type A and it just bothers you to leave that session all, by all on means, its own. By all means, mark it. Uh, but if not, it's it's not going to significantly in, impact the, the training. All right. Great, John. Thanks for that. We're rolling through these guys. Tons of swim questions. Uh, last, uh, I say that. Two more for the swim. Two more questions for the swim. Looking down. Katie from Mill Creek, Washington said, Do you know if our swimming will be changed on our calendars to dry land for those who live in regions uh, with no warm open water swim. So, so just regardless of where you live for, for any athlete out there who doesn't have a pool, doesn't have open water swimming, uh, you know, so for the foreseeable future, they're doing this dry land tubing workouts or doing some strength stuff. Um, will TriDot as a platform ever prescribe, oh, Hey, instead of giving you a pool session, here's a dry land swim session. Uh, or, or is that not in the cards for, uh, this kind of pandemic season we're in? You know, it's it's really hard to quantify strength sessions, um, and, and especially dry land. Um, you know, for the immediate foreseeable future, uh, you know, no, to, to answer your question, um, a tremendous amount of back-end work would need to be done. Um, not to say we're not prepared and equipped uh, in, in, in trying to help the, the tri community in, in, in other ways, um, but our, our developers are actually spending their time in working on quite a few um, really, really cool industry-changing uh, things that, that we're doing here in TriDot. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say this to this question. Just as an athlete who um, is on staff with TriDot, um, I, I know some of the things that our team is working on behind the scenes, our software development team, and there are some super exciting things uh, that, that are going to be rolled out in the uh, near future here. And, and if our, uh, web developers, uh, kind of stopped, put pause on, on that to implement some dry land swim workouts, uh, into our, uh, uh, portals here for the next few months, um, it, it would delay those exciting things coming out. So we're, we're, we're hoping that, uh, pools are only down for a few months. We're hoping this isn't indefinite. Um, I, I, I would think, if this does become a long-term thing, that that would be something we would revisit uh, as, as a company. But if, uh, if dryland swimming is going to be what we have to do for a few months, and, and John, Elizabeth, Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, it, the exciting things we have coming out are, are definitely worth working on more so than taking pool swims off of people's training plans to put on dry land swim training, right? Yeah, it would be just a real quick solution that would take a lot of time and a lot of effort to create. That back-end development takes, takes a lot of time. Um, and it's something that we're hoping would be just a short-term solution. So um, we're right now sticking with uh, the long-term evergreen products that are going to enhance TriDot um, for for the long term. But you know, as as we're kind of just 
conceivably just getting started in this uh, this environment, uh, you know, things conceivably could change, definitely. And, and we'll just have to see where things go. So even if it crushes your soul just a little teeny tiny bit to see that pool swim on the calendar and have to manually complete or leave it blank, just know it's temporary. It's not going to affect your training in any major way, and we'll all uh, we'll all carry on. First world problems. <laughs> yeah, not really. Um, Carrie from Texas. This really is the last swim-related question. Carrie from Texas um, said, could we do zone two runs and bikes for the days that we swim? So this is really going to, again, vary from person to person. This is a great opportunity to interact with a coach. Uh, for those that, that are working with a coach, great guidance and feedback from them. Um, I will say that time away from the pool is is not just a green light to go and do more uh, cycling and, and running. Uh, there's not necessarily the need to do more than is already prescribed within the training. So as, as we've mentioned, I think the, the best use of, of that available time or, or engaging in these resources that we've mentioned, the, the tubing, the mobility, the recovery work, strength training, all those things that we've, we've discussed are, are really the best use of that time. Um, I, I will say that um, cycling is going to be less impact than, than running, and you can get away with adding uh, some easy zone two cycling with much less cost, so to speak, than, than running. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I would say that um, the probably the most beneficial cycling would be done with the intent of, of maybe it's a stress relief. So if uh, hopping on the trainer or, or if you're able to get on the road and, and just go for an easy bike ride, if that's going to help alleviate some of the stress of this stressful time, uh, let that be the focus and let that be the intention. It's it's not about gaining fitness or improving your functional threshold or building stamina. It's it's just going out for a bike ride and just enjoying yourself, blowing off some steam. And uh, if you're anything like me, um, I I've, I think I've eaten more uh, since being at home. Um, Quarantine I, problems. I think I think there's a lot of people that are home for the first time. Uh, they're not used to being at work where they have 24/7 access to food. So you know if if if, if you're not working, if there's things are kind of slow around the house, uh, I know I have a tendency just to kind of migrate to the kitchen and, and graze. So um, it's also kind of a good idea to burn off a couple extra calories. So, um, but don't, don't do more cycling and more running with the intent of, or the thought that I need to do more training. It, it sounds like your training plan doesn't need it, but, but if you need it just to feel like you were a little extra active that day, just, yep. just to spin out the legs a little bit, then that's, that would be okay. But it's, it's not really necessary for your training. Right. Yeah. Your training still is what it is, especially from the cycling and running aspect. Um, the lack of swimming does not, it's not just a green light or need to go and do more cycling and running. All right. Now we did have some questions about training that were not swim related. So I'm going to go through those now. Um, have you guys, cause I know you guys are really in tune with your athletes and what they're wondering. Have, have y'all seen people asking kind of some training questions that aren't swim specific? Yeah. So, um, my response to this kind of whole thing is, is trying to have a, a bit of a positive spin on it is, um, time is often our most limited resource. So, uh, race day is a fixed date. Um, from the time we start training, we have X amount of weeks to prepare for that race. And, um, it's like the old saying, we, we go to the war, we go to war with the army we have, not the army that we want. And when race day rolls around, uh, as well prepared as we are, that's how prepared we are for the race. Um, so I think the bright side of this is now for those that have delayed races, uh, that is just a, a gift and an opportunity to do that much more preparation. So uh, one of the things that we, we harp over and over and over is fast before far and strong before long. Um, so this is an opportunity to, to go and increase those, um, the strength and 
um, yeah. power and speed and do this tubing work and improve your swim form and improve your swim strength. So there really are opportunities here that because of this extra time, you do have the opportunity to perform better on race day. I mean, that, that was my number one reaction, uh, not my number one reaction, when Ironman Texas was uh, postponed. And I shared that on the podcast a little bit uh, a couple of days ago. Um, obviously, you're disappointed. Um, and, you know, you were ready to race. You were, you were geared up. You were going through the training properly. Uh, but the silver lining is, hey, when that's good, that race gets put back on the schedule or I end up transferred or deferred to a new race, uh, I'm, I'm back in the development phase. I'm working on my speed. And... Uh, I'm that much hungrier to be that much faster uh, on that new race date. Mm-hmm. So if there were times within the training phase that you trained inconsistently, or maybe you were working through an injury, or um, maybe you're making gains on your swim form or your cycling power, whatever the case may be, we now have that many more weeks to to improve on those things. Yeah, no, John, thanks so much for for sharing that. Um, so, so let's Let's go through a few of these um, training-related questions that are not swim-related. Um, I, I love this. Uh, Marcus from Colorado Springs um, really summed up so many people's uh, situations in four words. He said, no pool, no gym. Uh, Sarah from the United Kingdom, she expounded a little bit on that. She said, no pool, no gym. Cold and icy means it's not yet safe to run outside. Um, quarantine to the house. What? can we do there's a lot of athletes guys and everybody's situation is a little bit different uh some countries are on total lockdown some countries aren't on total lockdown but like sarah maybe are in a a, a icier part of the world where it's not quite warm enough yet uh just everybody's struggling with with uh trying to get in all those sessions so for those folks who not only was their pool swim taken away but maybe their ability to run or bike freely was also taken away uh, what can those athletes do guys yeah, so you touched on, I mean, the the variety of situations that athletes might be facing now. Um, some of them might be able to still be outside, but there are many of them that are kind of needing to do all of their sessions at home. So if you have a treadmill and a bike trainer, you're still able to complete those bike and run sessions indoors. Uh, the strength work can be done at home as well. If you do not have that equipment available, you know, the treadmill, the bike trainer, um, there are still plenty of body weight exercises that you can do. I, you know, would encourage the Tridot athletes to search the knowledge base and kind of take a look at some of those resources there. You know, it, it might be time to get a little bit creative and just kind of focus on staying active. Uh, now, again, you know, we have to be careful because like I mentioned with some of those resistance tubing exercises and the poor form, you don't want to incorporate a lot of new movements or activities that you're unfamiliar with that you could injure yourself for the upcoming season. Um, but doing some cardio workouts or body weight strength exercises from the living room are appropriate. And that's going to keep you active for when you can resume your usual training routine. So Olaf from Germany um, asked with a lockdown looming, what's the most economic way of setting myself up for training indoors, continuing the try out training plan. I know a lot of athletes, or like Olaf, uh, I've seen people expressing interest in in getting maybe set up with a bike trainer or getting set up with, um, you know, the the resistance tubes and, and some way to keep training. Uh, so so this is really a great question for for someone who's interested in maybe picking up a few gadgets that they didn't have before, knowing that uh, we could be stuck inside for a few months. What what is the most economic way? for those folks to get set up? You know, some uh, resistance bands for strength work and a bike trainer would 
be my first recommendations. Um, those would be great tools to have. You know, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, simple resistance trainer would work well uh, for the bike. So Mike from California uh, said, can you revisit aerobic training concepts? So if athletes have to go through a reset period, they don't get frustrated. Do you guys think that kind of coming through a season with a few months um, away from a normal training routine, our, our athletes, is it going to take a lot of time for us to kind of reset and get back to where we were uh, after life goes back to normal a little bit? You know, I would say that building stamina and, and, and the big, huge time commitment rides and, and long runs, that that stuff is, is almost easy to build. You know, the, the hard part is developing and uh, improving your functional threshold. And so now that your races are being... Uh, postponed and deferred, uh, getting back into those shorter, more intensive workouts um, are, that's, that's kind of the reset, right? Is, is getting a new mindset, getting excited about a new phase of training. Um, you know, I, the biggest thing, no matter what, is staying consistent. No matter what phase you're in or what your mindset is, staying consistent, keeping that, uh, dis, uh, be intentional, establish, set your new routine based on the time and circumstances that have been thrown at you. And after a few key sessions back, maybe you, you know, it's, it's very similar to going on vacation. Maybe you're on vacation for a week or a work trip or, or heaven forbid, you, you know, you get sick. Um, and, and while you're traveling and missing workouts, you're kind of panicking that, you know, I haven't ridden my bike in five days. Oh, man, a week's gone by and I haven't done a lot of training. You're kind of panicking. And, um, but what's kind of interesting is that you, you get back in town and, and the first or second, you know, big workout kind of back you know, um, after, uh, you know, missing some sessions, you're kind of like, okay, I'm back. You know, I got that big ride in after missing a week, you know, I'm fine. I'm back. Yeah. But during that time, you're kind of in a panic mode and now more, more than ever, but staying consistent as best you can will, will help negate that just, just hugely. So after, uh, all the training questions, which there are a lot of great ones and you guys have really helped us cover them so in depth. So, so thank you so much, uh, for your coaching expertise there. Um, but the next hot topic was race schedules uh, and the effect postponements, cancellations, um, et cetera, should have on our training. So I'm going to start with this question from Carrie. She said, how do you train for a season with so many unknowns? Even race dates are totally up in the air. Yeah, there there are a lot of unknowns right now. Um, but ultimately, I mean, triathlon's kind of a lifestyle. It's It's more than just the races. Um, you know, sure, the races are fun, they're incredibly motivating, but it's it's so much more than just race day itself. Um, I would encourage athletes to kind of, you know, think about why they entered the sport. And very likely their reason for beginning triathlon was more than just getting to the finish line. Um, you know, it might have been to create a healthy lifestyle or set an example for their children. I, I would encourage athletes to really revisit their why and then focus on the process, um, you know, set some goals that are not race related. And then Amanda, uh, who comes to us from Australia, um, she kind of had a, a similar question. She said, how do you make the most of the extra time to train for your event um, without knowing what the new race date is going to be? We, we've talked a little bit about how to capitalize on the extra time. We can now kind of go back to the development phase and and, and work on uh, our power and our speed and get faster for that race date. But but how does not knowing what the new race date is actually going to be, how does that come into play? 
Well, Andrew, I mean, you mentioned the developmental phase, and um, this is part of the beauty of it. You know, the, the development phase is preparing you to be the strongest athlete possible for your upcoming race, regardless of when that race date is. So if I'm in a developmental phase of training right now, it doesn't matter if my race is in September or if it's next April. Um, I'm focused on getting stronger, getting faster, increasing my functional threshold so that when I am able to enter that race preparation phase, I can hold a specific percent of that functional threshold as I increase my stamina for that upcoming event. And I would even take a, a fairly unique approach to, to this. You know, a lot of athletes, their, their races have been canceled, postponed, deferred um, already. And so they now know that, okay, let's get back into the, the developmental. I have more time. I'm not building a lot of stamina because my race isn't right around the corner. Um, so, so we kind of get that. Um, we're, we're having to kind of shift our mindset, stay consistent though. But there's also a handful of athletes out there um, that their race is in, in, in May, June, July. Um, at, 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 at this point, um, while we're recording, for example, the Tulsa Ironman in late May is still a go. Now we all know that it might potentially be canceled. And a lot of those athletes have expressed that. Hey, I'm guessing this is going to get canceled. How do I handle this? Yeah, yeah. and so right now they and when, have And when it's to... not Tulsa, if someone listens to this two weeks from now, you know, Tulsa, we might know about Tulsa, but the next one we might not know about. It's just, yeah, to, to your point. Exactly, and we're taking it. There's always a race coming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a unique time in that it's week by week. And right now, if your race is not canceled, it's potentially still going to happen. So you still have to be prepared. So if your race is in two months from now and you got four or five hour bike rides, you know, do, do I go ahead and drop back down into the developmental and, and get back into the fast before far, maybe hour long workouts with more intensity inside. Um, but then what if the race still happens and you miss the deferring window or whatever? Um, so, so all you can do at this point is continue following your plan and then make a decision get with your coach uh once the the official announcement has been made it is hard to stay motivated um you know why go do another week or two of four or five hour indoor trainer rides for an Ironman coming up that's probably going to be canceled it's tough and so having that community having a coach listening to podcasts like this just keeping your head in the game there are a lot of other people out there in the same boat you are um just stay the course and adapt in the moment um when when you know what the moment is so one week at a time unfortunately is the answer for 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 that other shifted focus of athlete that still has a race coming up but it is not canceled yet and and to your point i I think it's a really great approach jeff so so thanks for sharing that um because that's i mean and and honestly that's the the feedback and advice you guys gave me when literally the three of you were signed up for 70.3 galveston um which was early april i was signed up for ironman texas which was late april um, so y'all's race was canceled before or postponed before my race was postponed. And, and for me, it, we, we could all kind of see it coming. You, you kind of could tell the writing was on the wall that Ironman Texas would most likely have to postpone. But I, I, I kind of stayed in that race prep phase. I kept doing the long workouts and it was a Friday when they sent out the email, uh, that Ironman Texas would, would be postponed. And up until that Friday, I stayed true to the workouts, even though we all thought that race was going to get postponed. And, uh, and thankfully they announced it on Friday, Saturday, I had a four hour and uh, 45 minute long bike ride. So thankfully I got that notification before that, but guess what? I didn't go do that four hour and 45 minute bike ride because I'd already been notified. I, I went back, um, you know, we changed that workout out. Uh, we got in a shorter bike workout that would let me work on some power. 
And so it was like the the day, you know, the, the advice you guys gave me that we're now giving to everybody else, the day you find out that race is postponed, that's the day you slip back into the, the development phase, you know, take that race off of your race X and uh, start working on, start working on that speed and power again, right? Absolutely. And you know what, Andrew, the, the week before that, you probably did a four plus hour bike workout. I sure did. And you now kind of know you didn't really necessarily have to do that, but you did it. Um, and yes, your race was canceled, and but you could still look at it as a glass half full scenario in that that was probably your longest ride to date. You sure probably is. perfected your nutrition a little bit better during that ride. So, so th- there were milestones, uh, no pun it's intended. Not a waste. Yeah, uh, yeah. That you learned about yourself as There's an athlete. There's the Jeff Rains podcast pun. <laughs> he saved it for now. <laughs> Anyways, um, so so kudos to those athletes that are staying strong, trusting their plans until the moment actually happens. No, that's super great. So Andrew from the United Kingdom uh, said, "Just had my A race canceled. Uh, it was supposed to be June in the UK." How do I use TriDot when goals are less likely to have a race involved? So this isn't just Andrew in this boat. Uh, there's a lot of people that are losing uh, the race they were really looking forward to this year. Um, just talk to me about about just goals and motivation. You know, how does that affected by this? Is this Andrew in the UK or is this Andrew in Texas? This is Andrew in the UK who I uh, am kindred spirits with right now because we're <laughs> going through the same situation. Sounds a lot like Andrew in Texas. To kind of go for this question here and pull off of a little bit what Rains was saying about looking at it as glass half full, um, you know, not saying that our current situation is positive, but do trying to look at it from that perspective of of glass half full and see the positives here. Um, you know, we, we just touched a little bit on that developmental phase and, you know, athletes will often overlook that. And if you use this time now that you've been given to your next race, you could be even faster than you would have achieved that finish line this spring. Um, and, and like we mentioned, you know, it's a hundred percent. Okay. If your goals are not race related, um, set some goals for your upcoming assessments weeks let those be your motivation. You know, it's, it's going to be exciting to see your improvements, even if it's off of the race course. Kate from the United Kingdom said, I may be asking a rather silly question here. You're not Kate. It was a good one. I put it on the podcast, but with all the cancellations of events, should I be removing the A, B and C races from the calendar or not? Keen to keep progressing and trusting the process but any advice is welcome. Guys, I've seen a lot of athletes on social media ask this as well. Uh, in light of these race cancellations, postponement, and, and Jeff just talked about this a little bit, but you know we have A races, B races, C races on the schedule. Um, h- how do we handle taking those off, moving them, rescheduling them uh, on our race X calendars? So this is, I mean, a fantastic way to utilize the season planner. Um, and, you know, by using that season planner, you're not going to have to worry about if and when you should be extending a training phase or if you're going to be peaking for your event with the with the changes that we're experiencing now in terms of race dates and scheduling. Um, Tridot is going to take care of that for you. So as for those canceled and postponed events, yes, um, do remove those from your season planner so that your schedule can reoptimize. Um, our team is working to add those new race dates as options so that as that information becomes available, you'll be able to add those new dates in and um, have the training phases appropriately adjust for that as well. So I don't think any of us have gone through a situation quite like the COVID-19 outbreak. And a lot of athletes are looking for some motivation during this wild time. 
Uh, Brian from Kentucky said, how to get motivated to keep working out when the bad news keeps piling on day after day. That's, you know, such a, a great thing for us to discuss because it, it is hard to stay motivated. Um, it's, it's stressful. So I would encourage athletes, you know, again, go back, revisit your why. Um, think about why this sport is important to you, um, what you enjoy about it, and, and really kind of connect with that. And then connect to an online community. Um, you know, a, a lot of us are, are getting on Zwift. Add Trot to your username. And even if you can't be outdoors riding with your training partners there, you have a bunch of training partners in this virtual world to uh, cheer you on and, and join, join your rides as well. Um, you know, join in on the Facebook threads. Give kudos within the Trot Strava Club. But uh, you can still be connected in that online community, even if you aren't able to be connected to your usual in-person training group. Um, and then finally, you know, just focus on controlling what you can control. And right now there's a lot of things that you might not have control over, but you do have control of your health and your fitness. Um, you know, maybe find some reassurance in the structure of the training that you're doing. Elizabeth, that was great. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Nikki from the United Kingdom said, maintaining a positive mind, mental mindset, races are canceled. I know that's absolutely the right thing, but the not knowing is playing havoc with my head, and I want to keep focused and positive. So any inspiration on that would be ace. Guys, how cool are our European athletes that they end statements by, by saying it would be ace? Uh, we, we, we probably would have said, what, that, that'd be cool, that'd be great. <laughs> like, hey, it'd be ace, John. Help, help Nikki out. What do you have to say? Man, I hope I can live up to that because hopefully I can get an ace response. I don't even know. Like, I think you're that, going to. Is that appropriate? It ace, is, yeah. I response? think you did it right. Okay. Yeah, I think you used that right. Um, yeah. One, one thing I would say is is echoing Elizabeth's statement there is is the um, the disappointment, the frustration, all that is completely reasonable. And that's the reality for the entire triathlon community. And and that's really one of the great things is is we are a community. We're, we've Here we are. Uh, responding to questions from all over the world. Uh, this is really something that, that we've, we've experienced on a local level uh, in the past, but, but never has the entire triathlon community been, been screeched to a halt yeah. like this. So we're all in this together, which is um, you know, something that we're all empathetic. As, as you mentioned, um, the four of us here, we're, we're all just weeks away from, from an A race. And so um, we all have, have experienced those same uh, emotions and thoughts and frustrations. So, uh, you know, I think there's power in the fact that we're all in this together. We, we all empathize with, with one another. Um, but I think as, as we begin to, to deal with that and we, we have those emotions and we begin to make the turn, uh, then it becomes gratitude and appreciation. Um, don't take anything for granted. Uh, you know, this is something that we've enjoyed for years. Um, we've had the opportunity to, to race these different events. We've had the opportunity to connect with athletes and, and do these things that we love to go and, uh, to swim, uh, which is something we don't have now. And this is, uh, you know, when we get back to it, you know, there's a new appreciation for just having access to a swimming pool or, uh, meeting up with friends to go for a run. And, and do these things that uh, have, have been temporarily taken away from us. So I think just um, looking forward to those and, and when we get back to it, just having an appreciation and gratitude for that. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, more time equals better results. As Elizabeth mentioned, um, just finding new ways to set new goals and uh, resolving to improve, resolving to uh, res uh, race assessments and, and find um, satisfaction and, and uh, achievement in that.
Yeah, I, th- I think I think a lot of athletes that maybe uh, maybe dreaded those swim sessions or dreaded certain bike or run workouts, uh, we're, we're all going to be happy to be back back to those uh, when this is all all over and and the world is healthy on the other side. So that's some of us more so than others. <laughs> So Stephanie from Washington State um, threw out a question that that um, I hadn't thought of that I thought was really, really great. And um, uh, she said, I would like to know if the stress of what's going on, work changes, suddenly homeschooling, information overload, self-distancing, etc., uh, how does that impact my training? This came to mind today because I've noticed my resting heart rate tending to be higher the past week or so, not sleeping as well, and a run today I felt like my low heart rate was harder than usual. I can assume it's a combination of stress and other things, but would love to hear from the coaches on how what we are going through impacts physical and psychological aspects of training. So it 100% has an impact. Um, and I mean, even personally in my training, I've had to work very closely with John to make some adjustments for myself. And this is something that I've talked quite extensively with my athletes about too. So the body has a very finite capacity for stress. Um, An athlete's tri-dot plan provides the optimized amount of training stress and the appropriate recovery to produce the best results and minimize injury risk. But additional stress can certainly compromise how much training the body is able to handle. So, you know, a a busy day at the office, and that might be the home office right now, poor diet, lack of sleep, an oncoming illness, you know, anything that really taxes the central nervous system is going to reduce an athlete's capacity for additional stress. And that includes training. Um, So this is a time when that absolutely needs to be taken into consideration when evaluating how an athlete is recovering. Um, I know that I've been in very close communication with the athletes that I coach, and many of them have taken some additional recovery days, or we've reduced the intensity of some of their current and upcoming sessions to allow for the additional stressors that they've recently been through. Yeah, I, I think I've heard um, our our founder, CEO, Jeff Booer, put it this way, um, stress is stress, that the body doesn't know, you know what it's being stressed by. Right, it just knows that it's taken on this much amount of stress, and so I've I've even seen that in busy times of my life that that weren't COVID nineteen related. Right, I mean, I mean, if you uh, have a lot going on, if you um, um, an example for me is when I when I first came on staff at Tridot, you know, it, it wasn't stressful coming on because I was enjoying what I was doing, but but just the extra work and the extra uh, mental energy that that it was taking to kind of assimilate into a new job, into a new role, get a lot of media initiatives launched. Um, I, I was definitely more fatigued going into my training sessions because I was taking, you know, the, the, the stress of those life changes into, you know, the, the, those sessions. So, um, you know, we're all experiencing that right now with COVID-19 for sure in new ways. Um, so, Stephanie, thanks for asking that question. Elizabeth, thanks for answering it because I'm sure everybody is going to relate to um, that and kind of kind of cut themselves some slack a little bit in some of these workouts where you just know you're fatigued from the things you're going through right now. So, um Okay, so a large majority of, of athlete questions centered around swim training, indoor training, race scheduling, and, and overall motivation. But there were a few others that I saw that I hadn't even considered, um, but they're great things for us to talk about. Um, and so, so we'll land the plane with these last couple questions here. The first one comes from Kim. Uh, she said, juggling a completely different schedule. Uh, I'm working. The kids and husband are off uh, school with no extracurriculars. Uh, in general, family out of routineness. Um, so everybody, guys, right now, 
uh, is just out of their routine. Um, people have their kids home. People have spouses uh, home that are usually at work. Um, just h- how can we uh, best maybe mitigate the impacts of our training uh, or, or adjust our, our training to that? I would say to either stick as closely to your previous schedule that you can, or if that's not a possibility, then let's establish a new one um, and then stick closely to it. So, you know, if you normally begin work at 8 a.m., you know, still wake up when you normally would. Um, You know, you might have a little extra time without that commute, um, but let's let's use that productively. Let's not just go to bed whenever we want, wake up whenever we want and, and not have that structure. Um, stick as closely to a routine that you're familiar with or go ahead and establish what your new one is going to be. Um, now I know that, you know, a lot of people are facing some, some different things with more family being home. And I, I personally can't speak to that, but I know others on our team can, and maybe they can kind of chime in with yeah, Jeff, some of those adjustments. Jeff, John, what's it like with uh, all the kids being home? You know, there's that saying that what's the one thing that everybody has the same amount of, and it's time. Children. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Um, yeah, not true. Um, but uh, it's, it's how we manage that time, and we want to stick as close as we can to, to our kind of previous schedule, but um, a lot of people now have more time to train. Um, maybe they're spending the same amount of time working throughout the day it's just they're at home doing it now so so the stressors are what are getting a lot of people as well um you know we say that find a way or make one right um and once you do make a new way be consistent with it like elizabeth said but um what i do is my wife is working from home now as well um and we have our kids at home and so find a way or make one and so what we're doing is being strategic in that uh you know my wife may get up and get her workout in while the kids are still sleeping and then i may wait later in the day uh you know uh, lunch break from work and the kids are napping um or they're having quiet time or rest time and so i can get my workout in and so finding a new routine um obviously family will always come first uh, you know but b- before your workouts um, but establish a, a new schedule. Try to eliminate the stressors and stay consistent with that. And don't overtrain if you do have extra time. I, I would say um, in our new norm that, that we're going to be experiencing for the foreseeable future is, again, setting it as a priority for you and maybe even just uh, communicating that to, to your partner that this is something that you need. And, and really in this, in this phase, uh, we really don't need more than an hour a day. Um, that's that's really what's going to uh, be expected in in this development phase. Again, we're we're not weeks away from say an Ironman race where we need to be training 15 hours a week. One one hour a day is going to go very far in in what we're able to do. So maybe just ask for that, and and maybe it's a uh, a give and take kind of scenario where you get one hour in the morning that that you're able to prioritize your training in that hour and. Um, you know, everything kind of goes on hold for that one hour. And then, uh, as Jeff mentioned, it may be working with the partner to uh, provide that for them, whether they're training or whether they're doing whatever it is that they need to do in that time as well. So I think that's important to um, deal with with the stress and, and everything that we have going on, even just, uh, just again, having having the kids around the house or, um, you know, how, however you deal with, with all the news and the uncertainty of, of what's happening in the world. I think we need a, a release, and so I think it's important that we uh, take an hour a day just to, to do what we need to do for ourselves. 
And, and we, we were all talking earlier about how um, just in the communities around us, you, you see more people um, that you can tell aren't experienced runners or experienced cyclists, you know, out on bikes with the family, uh, out on, out, uh, you know, walking, you know, running, uh, et cetera, with, with the kids. And, and so that can even become a great way to get your, get your family active, is, is involved in may, maybe in some of those extra zone two training sessions and enjoy some time. Uh, outdoors together if if uh, your current situation allows for that. So Carrie from Massachusetts asked about nutrition during this time. She said, how about ideas for nutrition during social isolation and quarantine periods? Guys, what is the best way for us to um, keep our eating game on point, stay healthy with that uh, when we're stuck at home? Oh, man. Like, I I promise I will try to keep this short. I, I love talking about good nutrition and recipes and um I won't dive into too much detail here, but what I will say is that poor nutrition can be in immunosuppressant. So you need to really prioritize your nutrition um, to keep yourself healthy. Uh, I know in my household for my husband and I, our kind of rule of thumb is if you don't buy it, you can't eat it. So if it's not around the house as an option, it's not going to be something that we are able to consume. Um, so we have made sure that our, you know, choices at the grocery store are only stocking healthy options. Um, so that when we are both at home, that's what's available. Um, and, and we make sure that we are eating well. I think something too, is, is we continue to have eye on the prize for, for when we get to race again, um, mindless eating through boredom or whatever, uh, is, is not going to be productive to, yeah. to our racing. So, Absolutely. um, you know, I, I put on pounds real easy and, and I like to graze and I like to snack, but, uh, you know, if, if, if I want to race well, when, um, I get the opportunity to do so, uh, something I need to keep in mind is, is that kind of mindless boredom eating that uh, can catch up real quick. So just be cognizant of, of what you're consuming and how much you're consuming. Yeah. I, I remember when I worked in television, um, there were some, there were some, you know, weeks of the year I'd have to work some overnight shifts and it kind of throws you out of your routine. Right. And, and, what I would do in, in that, those scenarios is when I was at the station and and it was the middle of the night, you know, you you, you just always feel snacky, right? Uh, I, I would I would remind myself of when I ate last and I would only let myself have a, have a little snack, a little something every three hours. Um, and in that way, it was never too much. It was never a constant grazing, you know, so I, I would get there, I would have my dinner, and then every three hours, I was letting myself have a, a small snack uh, and, and almost working from home, that's almost what we do, right? It's, it's okay, have your breakfast. You know, your lunch usually comes about three to four hours later. And then if you have an afternoon snack, well, that's usually three or four hours after you know, your, your lunch. So that, that's kind of the approach I would take in the middle of the night. And, and so any, anything off routine, I try to always look back, okay, when, when did I, I'm feeling snacky, when did I last eat? If it wasn't, if it wasn't three hours ago, I'm not letting myself cave on that snack. Um, I'm a nutritionalist, but that's something that I've tried in seasons of my life where I've been a little off routine. So, uh, last question, guys. Um, uh, one of our athletes from Poland, um, she asked, do high intensity workouts suppress our immunity and make us vulnerable to illness? Uh, what about other intensive and long workouts? Uh, we need to take care of our immunity now more than ever. How can we train safe, uh, and do our training plans taking that into account? So uh, I, guess, I guess we'll end the podcast kind of the way we started it in just disclosing that uh, we're not doctors, we're triathlon coaches. Um, so this is not necessarily a medical opinion, but uh, doing our, our best to provide uh, sound 
uh, feedback to the athletes. And, and so I would just say in, in addressing this question, first and foremost, do what you need to do to feel safe. Do what you need to do uh, to be comfortable and um, comply with any medical advice that you've been given from those medical professionals. Uh, and, and of course, make sure your advice is coming from medical professionals and, and not uh, less reputable sources. Um, but exercise is consistently recommended uh, even in these times. That's something I've seen consistently in the news. That's something that is, is recommended to get out and be active. Um, and as triathletes, our body, our bodies are used to a higher training load than maybe those that are just getting out and, and riding their bicycle around the block for the first time. So we're not in, inducing any new levels of activities. Basically, what we're doing is is saying maintain what you've been doing, and and in some cases, it's even dropping because we're no longer um, maybe doing the volume that we would need to to prepare for a, a upcoming race. Um, so our daily training sessions are. Uh, they're very measured, so that's that's one of the the great benefits of TriDot is every session is created specifically for each individual, so that training stress is already managed. So it's you're never going to have more training than you can safely absorb, safely recover from, and the training that we're doing is is different than racing. Um, I know personally, every time I race Ironman, I inevitably will get sick um, a couple days later. In fact, I raced Ironman Arizona a couple months ago we hadn't even left Arizona and I started to feel the tickle of a sore throat. And sure enough, you knew um, it was coming. Yeah. I felt it coming. It was, it was the, the next day. Um, and then I, I had that little bit, but our, the training sessions that we're doing on a, on a day-to-day -day basis are, are nowhere near, uh, as taxing. We're not draining the, the tank. Uh, I, especially now that none of us sessions. are deep into a stamina phase training for an Ironman because we're not exactly. close to our race to really get those really long workouts that would drain your body. Right. So the, it's, it's done in such a way that these are our day-to-day -day sessions that you're able to recover fully from. Um, and, and really, in doing so, you're going to maintain your, your immune system. You're going to maintain your health and your strength. Um, but just continue to practice the social distancing and, and all those things that we've been advised um, to do. Great set, everyone. Let's cool down. So when Iron Man sent out the official email that Iron Man Texas would be postponed to later in the year, I was in my kitchen, prepping some camera gear for an upcoming video shoot. And full disclosure, I was home alone, rocking my underwear and a t-shirt. Now don't think anything too gross, guys. I was just in boxer briefs and a t-shirt. I mean, it's essentially a, a, a tri-workout outfit, right? Uh, but, but that's the state I was in when I found out my race was going to be postponed. And after the initial disappointment settled, uh, I thought it was kind of funny that I was in my kitchen in my underwear uh, when that inevitable email arrived. And uh, it got me thinking, uh, where was everybody else when they received that email? Uh, I'm, I'm sure every country kind of has an equivalent for this, but in the United States, every generation has that major historical where were you when moment. In the United States, it's where were you when you found out JFK was shot? Or where were you when the Apollo 11 uh, mission first landed on the moon? Um, so long story short, I got to thinking. For the triathlon community uh, that has never faced race postponements on this scale, this is a pretty big where were you when kind of event. Uh, and so I asked on social media, uh, uh, where were you when you found out your spring A race was coronad? Um, and I, I asked this at first, guys, to um, the Ironman Texas group. Um, that is not the TriDot Ironman Texas group. That is the actual Ironman Texas group. Um, so a lot of athletes on there, some TriDot, some not. And I got uh, uh, just hundreds of responses because everybody was very eager to share 
uh, kind of where they were. And uh, so I also threw this out to the TriDot athletes, to, to the TriDot community, uh, not just for Ironman Texas specifically, but uh, for whatever your spring A race was, whether it was a sprint, whether it was an Ironman, where were you when you found out your race was getting coronated? Uh, and so we're going to share um, some of our top responses that we got. We've all chosen a few. Uh, but before we get to our athletes' responses, I want to know from you guys, because um, all three of you sitting with me, uh, we're all signed up and prepped and trained and ready to go for 70.3 Galveston or 70.3 Texas. I always call it 70.3 Galveston because it's in Galveston, but it's really 70.3 Texas. Uh, so Jeff Rains, I'll start with you. Where were you when you got the email that that race uh, was going to be postponed? I remember I was walking out the door, going on a walk with my wife, uh, two young kids, and our dog. And the the chaos of getting kids in the strollers and the, the leash on the dog and, and, and my phone beeped, uh, and a new email popped up. And I, I glanced at it real quick before walking out the door. And I just remember that entire walk. Uh, I was so distracted, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, you know, Ironman Texas 70.3 was, was fairly unique in that it wasn't just, hey, here's the deferral date, or you can do it next year's uh, regularly scheduled, um, you know, t- date. Uh, they offered five, essentially uh, five different options. You Which could, is great that they're giving athletes that flexibility, right? The flexibility was great, but that whole entire walk, I was completely cross-eyed. Do, do I do these other three 70.3s? Do I do the new scheduled date of the, the you know, uh, November uh, Ironman Texas 70.3, or do I defer it to the following year's date? And so I, I was just, that whole walk, I just remember having a blast with my kids and all that, but at the same time, I was just thinking, when are, what's the exact date of those other three races? Do I do that? And I just, I just remember... Um, it just being a very unique, uh, abnormal family walk. Uh, we do that every single day. We go on the, the same walk, um, and I just remember that one being an extremely unique one. Yeah, so John, where were you when that email came through? So I was at home, like I usually am, uh, working working from home, and uh, phone just started blowing up, uh, as it does oftentimes when there's uh, something big uh, in the triathlon community. And, uh, yeah, it was it was – one of those things I think we uh, were fully expected and none of us were really surprised by, um, but obviously disappointed actually when it when it came in because uh, you know we were close. We um, we had just completed a training camp in Galveston uh, on, on the, course. the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things things were good. Um, we were we were all ready and looking forward to it. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's a great race that I was really looking forward to with, with the community. We have so many athletes that turn out for that. Uh, Galveston is a great venue. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And so, you know, I think I was as disappointed both with, uh, Texas 70.3 and Ironman Texas, two of my favorite events to attend every year. Um, wasn't racing Ironman Texas, but I was really looking forward to getting together with everyone. We do a happy hour and, and, and just a lot of fun events headed into that race. And so, um, yeah, there was a lot of disappointment in that. Uh, just, just knowing and, you know, it was fine. We, we expected it, but, uh, you know, it was kind of that moment of, of truth that, that yeah, it's, it's reality was sinking in. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And even more so with Ironman Texas, just, it's not going to happen at all, uh, at this point. So we're, we're kind of in limbo and, and not really sure what to expect from that. Elizabeth, where were you when you found out 70.3, uh, Texas was postponed? 
So, first of all, I have to apologize to John because I was definitely one of those that was blowing up his phone with this news. <laughs> um, I was actually on the bike trainer and saw kind of on my watch the email notification come through. So, grabbed my phone, checked the email, still cycling, texting him, going, oh, man, like not only for, you know, our races, but many of the athletes that we're coaching as well. And so, yeah, on the bike trainer, continuing to prep for uh, the race that I just got the notification of um, that I would not be doing in a couple of weeks. I forgive you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Coach to athlete, sweet moment, sweet moment. Okay, well, let's find out where some of our athletes were when they got that uh, email about their own race. I'm gonna start uh, by sharing. This is Kristen, one of our ambassadors. Um, she was sitting, she said, I was sitting in my living room, checking emails at the end of a long day, figuring out what my work schedule was going to look like for the next several weeks. So she was already in a moment where, uh, uh, she was figuring out, you know, how Corona is going to affect, uh, her own work schedule. And then that email came through. So at least, at least Kristen got a little clarity on what her race schedule. Uh, yeah, so Kristen is actually one of the athletes that I, I work with. And, uh, that was for her. Uh, this is one that kind of came a little later than some of the others. So I think there was some additional anticipation of, you know, what's going to go on. Some of these other races have, have fallen in. She was set. She was ready. She's, she's going to have a fantastic race. And, and as we mentioned before, it's, it's time. Uh, she's only going to get better. So I'm excited for her to uh, get down there and race. So one of our next responses came from uh, Cassandra. She's also one of our ambassadors, someone that I got to visit with quite a bit at our ambassador camp earlier this year. Um, she was racing Puerto Rico 70.3 and actually was already in Puerto Rico. She had uh, traveled there, rebuilt her bike, was kind of out for a test ride, really just hyper-focused on her nutrition, kind of laying low. And then three days before the race, there she is in Puerto Rico with uh, no race to do. So, um, again, my heart goes out to her, but I, I have to say that she kept such a positive attitude, um, still took her time to kind of explore the area, get in some, some great swim bike run sessions, even though it wasn't a formalized event. So Jeremy was uh, picking up his race packet the day before the race after driving two hours to the race site. Uh, it says, mind you, I checked my email right before I left, and it said the race was still on. So oh, some of these, uh, like uh, like Jeremy and like Cassandra, that um, yeah, they're they're there, they're ready to race, and uh, yeah, has to I mean, be to, that much more heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, to Ironman's credit, I mean, a lot of these races they they've been able to kind of get the jump on and let us know earlier than later. Uh, but yeah, for those folks in Puerto Rico and and for Jeremy's event, uh, wherever it was, yeah, I mean, it's you know. If you had a race that was right when this outbreak got got a little bad, uh, there just wasn't really an opportunity for these companies to give a, a really big heads up. So, so so likewise, even kind of with our our little family, uh, Jeff Boer and his family drove uh, thirteen hours to uh, oh, yeah. from from Texas to Florida to go race, and once they arrived in Florida, found out there was no race, so turned around and. And drove home, so that's how the Boer kids spent their spring break. Was uh, yeah, they're supposed in a to car. race in yeah. Sarasota, Florida, uh, with the Try for Him Youth uh, Elite Squad, and uh, were unable to do so. So Naomi had a short, sweet post, um, but a very impactful one. Um, she uh, was on her way to a job interview, and uh, I can only imagine uh, that being in the back of your mind while you're trying mind. to focus on exactly. crushing a job interview. So Na wow. Naomi, we hope you got the job. Yeah, we, good we luck to that one. Yes. <laughs> Because you're not racing, so hopefully you got the job. Uh, and hopefully you can work remotely from home for a little bit here. So, um, Elizabeth said, since I also run, I have had four spring races coronad. Uh, so in my driveway, 
uh, is where she found out about one of them, in my bedroom twice, and then sitting on the steps at Fletcher Boathouse. Uh, I tend to check my emails when I get up in the morning or while waiting around for something. Uh, and so she just kind of has been all over the place uh, as she's gotten those race notifications for her spring uh, races. But she said this, guys. She said, my tries are all late summer, and so none of those are canceled yet. So, uh, uh, Elizabeth, we really hope for your sake that you get to race all those late summer races because, A, uh, that's going to be good for you, and, B, that's going to mean that the world is a healthier place by then. So uh, here's to hoping that your tries all work out. So we've been talking about uh, some athletes that have already been at the event. Um, Kay Grant, her, her response here, she said, well, for the first one, we were literally on our way. We had already driven 450 miles, um, sitting in a restaurant, just kind of taking a little break on the road and found out that, you know, in route, um, they are headed to a place where they no longer have an event. And for the second one, they were on their way home from the first one that had been canceled. Um, they were camping and found out that not only, you know, the trip that they were currently on was no longer for an event, but uh, their next one was not going to happen either. So, oh, okay, what a, what a kind of two punch there. Uh, Michael was sitting at his dining room table in sweats and working. You see, Michael was more tracking how I was, right? Just home, you're comfortable. At least he had on pants. At least he had. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the pants uh, version of, uh, of me on that one. So uh, I, I, I feel you, Michael. You're just home relaxing, and then boom, you get shellacked by an unfortunate email. Rami was at home teaching online. Um, says, since already by then, there were work-at-home orders in Denmark. So his A race uh, is now uh, was planned to be in October, or excuse me, is now in October uh, instead of May, and I, I can only imagine uh, the students getting a lot of extra homework in the middle of teaching online. And you found out the bad news. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you didn't assign a bunch of extra work in, uh, in the moment and uh, uh, take it out on your students there, Rami. <laughs> Next up, we have Cynthia. Um, she was in the middle of a 100-mile trainer ride. Uh, getting ready for Ironman Texas. So she was uh, faced the same race race postponement that I'm facing. And uh, I asked Cynthia on, on Facebook, uh, so you're in the middle of a 100-mile ride. You see that email come through. Did she finish the whole Yeah, race? that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did you finish or did you uh, uh, stop? And she said, hell no. I got off the bike and went and, and had a snack. Uh, and, and so good, good on her for uh, not, not exactly a right or wrong answer done. there. Yeah. Exactly like, what I, would have done. I would have been like, Oh, well, you know, we no, all know Elizabeth would have kept going and I'd have bailed. Yep. Instantly. Elizabeth would have kept going. Jeff, Jeff might've, he might've too, but John and I would have bailed for sure. And, yeah. and gone and hit up the pantry for a little, <laughs> a little extra cookie or something to, to treat ourselves. So, uh, Cynthia, I, I get it. Uh, love that response. I would have um, gotten off mad went and ate a cheeseburger or something, but then the guilt, and I would have went back to the bike and then finished <laughs> You it. would have, like, rage, rage rode uh, the burger off after... Uh, exactly. Yeah, I did it. So, Flaquita's is a little different. Uh, she actually got a call from her coach on the way home who let the cat out of the bag. So, a little little bit of a bomb uh, on, the, on the call with coach the... Coach told her, not Iron coach. Man. Yeah, so not like the rest of us that opened up emails. Uh, this was actually uh, sprung on her by, by her coach. So... Uh, kind of expected it. Uh, wasn't really surprised. Uh, still waiting to hear back on the fate of Alcatraz and finding out what was going to happen there and then thinking maybe Challenge Roth uh, also on the schedule could... Uh, she could has quite a lineup for this year. Yeah, she's hitting the big ones, the majors. So uh, Alcatraz, Challenge Roth, and Ironman Texas is the race she is referring to here, I believe. 
but man, I can't I can't imagine what coach that was, John. That uh, that called her. Who's whose athlete is is Flakita? It wasn't mine. <laughs> so she's mine. Yep. Ah. <laughs> um, and yep, kind of as as she put there on the post that I I was the one that uh, dropped the bad news on her that we we were planning to connect. You know, Friday once she was done with the work week and. Um, talking a little bit about her training sessions for the weekend and she did not know yet um had not yet opened her email to look at those uh, she was race asking about those long training sessions she was expecting to get in on the weekend and you were having to tell her okay you're not doing those anymore right yes uh, we're actually gonna make some adjustments and then had to be the bad news bearer there but at least you got to do you know fulfill your role as coach and really yes. help guide uh your athlete in uh doing what was really the right workout that weekend instead of doing an unnecessarily long workout because, uh, hey, your race date's not coming up. So Thiago so was at the office right after a meeting um, in which they were deciding to shut down operations. So already kind of going through quite a few things on the business side of things at the dental clinic um, and then also having to make some adjustments with shutting some things down for racing as well. Yeah, Thiago, we feel for you, brother. I uh, wanted to give you a shout out, just a little, a little positive encouragement today uh, as your dental office is shut down until further notice and your race day is uh postponed that's that's a pretty bad one-two punch but uh we're we're here for you uh we hope you're you continue pressing on in your training and uh let, let those endorphins kind of cheer you up pick you up uh hope you're hope you're staying healthy wherever you're at brother um so jeff rains who do we have next miss jenna wrote the morning before her race just getting out of bed reading a text from a friend who forwarded the information to me the previous night um, man, that would stink. And hopefully, uh, at least it was like the night before the race, and not like waking up the morning. Race of morning at four a.m. You know, you you eat that breakfast, you're getting your gear ready, and then and then you see it. At least it was at least a day before. And uh, I think we all know Jenna, and we know she's a glass half full kind of person. And hopefully, uh, she was. We know she was disappointed, but she didn't. Uh, it didn't cause her to wake up on the wrong side of the bed uh, for her. So uh, yeah, she also has a fantastic coach, Coach Ryan Tibble from Fort Worth who uh, is a dear friend of mine and so i know that they've already been working together to keep her training progressing and she's just going to be that much faster for her next race uh the last one we're going to share this is todd he said i just stepped off my fire truck and received a text from my training and racing partner um todd thanks for your service in the fire department Uh, i know you guys at this time are probably slammed with some extra responsibilities and extra times and uh as you don't have your race to to you know coming up pretty soon uh we just hope that you stay healthy and uh thanks for serving the community. So, uh, Hey, wherever you were, um, you know, we hope that you have, uh, kind of walked through those emotions and are back to training and, uh, are, are keeping a positive, uh, mental mindset. Uh, all we can do is the best we, we can with what we have. And, uh, uh, we wish everybody just, just good health, uh, in this time. Uh, if you have a race on the, on the schedule coming up, um, you know, for the late summer, early fall, we really, uh, hope for your sake that, uh, that race, uh, gets to happen. We hope that the world is a healthier place by then. Uh, So keep your heads up and keep training. Well, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank coaches Elizabeth James, Jeff Rains, and John Mayfield for helping us think through all the implications from COVID-19 to our training and racing. We really hope everyone walks away from this one feeling like they have a little bit more guidance on triathloning during this time. Thanks to all of our athletes that threw out their questions. It really helped us ask the exact things our audience wanted to know. And the great thing is you can do that all the time. If you ever have a question or a topic you want to hear about on the podcast, or if you have a great triathlon story to tell, go to tridot.com slash podcast and click on submit feedback to let us know what you're thinking. 
We'll do it all again soon. Until then, stay healthy and happy training. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew. For more great tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head to TriDot.com and start your free trial today. TriDot, the obvious and automatic choice for triathlon training.